1: All right, welcome. It is Bowerly, News Radio 930 WBEN, and uh, this is a big day. It is the 20th anniversary of the Radiothon to benefit the SPCA serving Erie County. You can make your donation the old school way. Let's keep those operators at the SPCA busy. Let's keep them busy. Uh, you can call 716-873-SPCA, 716 716- 873 SPCA. Uh, you can go to WBEN.com, click on the link. You can go to the Bowerly on WBEN page, click on the link. You can go directly to yourspca.org and make your donation. They'll take uh, Venmo, PayPal, credit card, check. Uh, Walk in with a huge bag of cash. Uh, Why not? Um, But we are raising money. And over the past, uh, just the first 19 years of the Radiothon to Benefit, the SPCA serving Erie County, um, you guys have been generous enough to donate $2.73 million and 14 cents. $2.73 million. (laughs) Boy. Boy. Uh, Tongue-tied much. $2.73 million, there we go, and uh, 14 cents. And uh, something that I also want to mention is, for today, the Radiothon Day, half off all animal adoption fees. Yes, half off all animal adoption fees. And vets and pets, today, all current And former members of the United States military benefit from waived adoption fees. You must bring your military ID so all current and former members of the United States military you can adopt for free. The adoption fee is waived today. Military ID must be presented. Okay, so uh, i got a talk show to do here, and I've got uh, calls to take here. And a few things that I want to get into, and yeah, they're, they're animal-related. Animal-related, okay? Um, a real simple question to ask you is, how many pets do you have, and what are they? How many pets do you have, and what do you have? Let me also ask you, is there a point, is there a number of animals in a household that becomes too many? How many pets are too many pets? I'm thinking like dogs and cats, because do you count your fish? I, I, I don't know if you count your fish or not. Um, and there's the, the meme um, on Facebook, I'm sure you've seen it, with an open door and a bunch of cats streaming in. And the meme reads, so you're forty and not married yet? Question mark. <laughs> Did you see all you know. The, that's obviously a reference to the uh, so-called crazy old cat ladies. Um, how many pets do you have, and, and what are they? And let's let's talk a little bit, can we, about dogs? Dogs. Now there are, and we have listening to this show people who are dog breeders. Right. We had a call from a guy uh, a few months ago whose wife breeds Cavapoos. And actually, it's a small world because I happen to know one of the Cavapoos that this breeder produced. Are you all about the designer dog? Are are you about having a designer dog? A purebred dog? It's a Cavachon. By the way, the friendliest dog in the world is the Cavachon. No doubt about it. Um, Is it the Cavapoo? Is it a Yorkie? Know somebody who's got like three Yorkies? I I guess one just isn't enough. Two just isn't enough. Three is uh, the magic number of Yorkies. Um, what else? Uh, see, this is um, this is never. Um, well, I don't mean any disrespect to people who enjoy their purebred dogs. All right, or their designer dogs. Don't mean any disrespect. But I have long been a fan of the good old-fashioned American mutt, the mongrel. Grew up with a mongrel dog. It was a fine dog. Very intelligent dog. Used to do some fun things like know that we kept the balls. That Oh, your dog probably just went crazy. Uh, know that we kept the ball in the milk box in, in older homes. Um, You used to have a milk box, and this is where the milkman would come and deliver your milk and put it in this uh, closet-like thing. It had doors on both sides, and that was your milk box. Well, we didn't get milk from a delivery person. I mean, seriously, you might have in your family people who were what we called milkmen. We lived next door to a milkman, had a relative who was a milkman. Milk used to be delivered to your home. Don't ask me why, before my time really, but we had a milk box. But the dog, Alfie by name, um, would just jump up at the milk box trying to use his snout to maneuver the lever into such a position as the milk box would open up. And the balls would then drop out of said milk box uh, and he could play with the B-A-L-L-S's. Sorry, I keep saying the word instead of spelling it out. It's like if I say the word T-R-E-A-T, your dog's going to go nuts. If I say the word W-A-L-K, your dog is going to go nuts. I'm just trying to save you just a little bit of extra aggravation if you're listening to this fine program with your pet. Um when it comes to dog grooming, and, and this is something that uh, those of you with the designer dogs, you're always going to the groomer. And how much grooming is too much grooming? How many of you listening to this show, seriously, pay to have your dog's nails filed, polished, the dog's teeth brushed? I'm very curious. How many of you spend more money grooming your dog than you do on grooming yourself. Seriously, I don't even know what dog grooming costs. That's just not part of my existence. Oh, I am very familiar with a dog who gets groomed on a regular basis, and I feel very comfortable in saying that the owners of that particular dog, yes, the Cavapoo, that particular dog I know spend more money On that dog than I spend on myself uh, and my own personal grooming. Of course, if you saw me, you'd probably be the first to agree with uh, that statement. Um, How much is too much? How how many pets are too many pets? And I really want to hear from those of you, don't laugh, with, with pet fish. Do you become emotionally bonded with your pet fish? This is something I really want to know, because some of you have these amazing fish tanks, saltwater fish tanks, which are just incredibly filled with all manner and species of fishes. Hopefully they don't eat each other. And um, I, I would like to know if it is possible to bond with a fish. Is there anybody in the audience who has gone through, my fish died and I have now entered a state of grief? Because anybody with a dog or a cat, one of the cuddly pets, every single time you have to take that animal to the veterinarian for the last time, you know you come home crying. You know the veterinarian asks, are you okay to drive? Can we get you an Uber? Because you are upset because you walked in with your dog or cat and you walked out and you no longer have that dog or cat and you know you never will again. And sometimes, it, it, sometimes it's an easier decision than others. And talked about this before, but always knew that Glenacat would tell me when it was time to go to the vet for the final time. And she did. One weekend, very uncharacteristically, she hid in my office. She would not come out. Tried to feed her. She'd come over, sniff at the food, walk away. Well, I knew it was time. When the animal, because the animal was 19 years old, roughly. Um, When the animal stops to eat, you know that there is kidney disease in this particular case. I had to make the call. And I got a hold of the veterinarian over the weekend. Like I said, she's a friend, not a big deal. And we decided that Monday morning at nine o'clock would be the time I would take the cat in for the final visit. Well, obviously the cat had no way of knowing this, but I went upstairs, and, and you know that feeling. If you've ever, well, if you've ever had, if you've ever have, uh, have had a pet, you know that there comes a time for that final uh, veterinary visit. And you know how miserable you feel. It's depressing as hell beforehand, right? So uh, I go upstairs and get myself ready to go to the vet, put on my very finest sweatpants, uh, very finest uh, jersey. Um, And I walk downstairs, and Glenna was literally sitting on the couch, And we had this communication. I I swear that you can have a telepathic link with animals. Can't prove it, not scientifically. But she had come out of the closet. She was looking at me. She was on the couch. I picked her up. I put her in the cage. And I would swear on a stack of Bibles that she knew exactly what was going on. And I I really believe, and maybe this is self-delusion, I don't know, but I really believe that she told me at that very moment that she knew it was time for her to go. And that was the hardest and yet the easiest in many, many ways, because I will not be able to have um, another pet for reasons that uh, I don't really feel like going into. It's just, It just wouldn't be a practical thing. It is uh, 21 minutes after 3 at News Radio 930 WBEN. 803-0930 is the phone number. Star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. Let's go to Cambria, and Eric is with us. You, uh, you want to talk about pet fish. I love it.
2: Yeah, sure. I heard you ask it for that. Um, that's the only pets that I really allow in my house right now. I, I used to have dogs, um, and when I moved, I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of uh, uh, it always kind of just a little urine in the house all the time, and uh, so for the past few years, my kids and I have only had fish. Um, they win them at the carnival, you know, toss some little ping pong balls, and we bring them home. And we've upgraded our fish tank a few times. Um, right now, we've got nine goldfish in a, in a really big 50-gallon tank. Good lord! And the, the kids know each of their names. They all look a little bit different. Uh, we got three bigger ones from three carnivals ago, and three medium ones from. Two carnival, you know, you get the picture. But uh, they all have their own names, and uh, uh, we have had fish that the kids have had that have lived for six or seven years, and then one day the filter stops working,
3: and I'm like, all right,
2: well, I'll stop at PetSmart on the way home, and uh, by the time I get home, it's upside down and not moving. Oh, no. Yeah, well, you know, and they had, you know, six years is a long time to have a fish, and they get emotional, and uh, we have a little funeral service in the backyard, I've got a little pet cemetery where we've got hermit crabs and fish buried. And, um, and you know, hopefully Stephen King's not living nearby. But, uh, um, you, you know, they uh, they really do like the fish. And you know what? When I want to go on vacation, I put a little pellet in there that dissolves, and they're good for a week. And I don't have to worry about boarding and smells and things like that. So I... Love having fish.
1: Now I'm curious. Based on your previous experience, do you have a spare filter uh, standing by in case the uh, ordinary one that goes down on you?
2: Um, I have one from a smaller fish tank that I could put in in an emergency. Um, but uh, uh, the, I mean, the filters can be changed in and out. It's really the motor that pumps the water. That when when that goes down, uh, you know, you can try cleaning it out, and see if you can restore it, but yeah, I do have old ones from smaller tanks that I could pop in uh, to get me through a few days.
1: So if, uh, if if we have a power outage and the power is out for 12 hours, no more fish?
2: Uh, they should be fine for 12 hours. It Really what the pump does is it just aerates the water, makes sure there's enough oxygen in there. But, you know, you've had goldfish in a bowl before probably, and they'll last, you know, a few months without extra you know, water uh, being pumped in there. So uh, 12 hours should be no problem, really.
1: See, uh, don't you always, wonder, though, if, if you're a fish, like the goldfish that stared me down on Sunday night, I always think in the fish's mind is the fish thinking, what in the hell did I do to deserve being trapped in this fish tank? I should be in the ocean, baby.
2: Well, the good news is, is that uh, goldfish have a memory that goes back about 15 seconds. So um, they really don't know the difference.
1: Interesting. I wonder how you prove that. I I mean, we might argue that the voters of New York State also have a memory that goes back about 15 seconds, but, uh, you know, don't want to make this a political show uh, in any way. So, Eric, I'll tell you a funny story. uh, (laughs) I'll tell you a funny story about a link with a fish, okay? Um, Okay. Okay. Uh, I had a fish tank at one point in life um i was in toronto for reasons i don't remember or choose not to and the night i was in toronto i had a dream that one of the fish had leapt out of the fish tank and was dead on the floor got back to where the fish tank was walked in the door and a fish was dead on the floor Never in a million, I, I refuse to accept that that is just a random chance coincidence. There had to be some kind of really weird link between your humble host and that silly fish that committed suicide on me.
2: That, that is pretty amazing. I have had a fish, we call it committing fishicide, but um, I, I did have a fish do that one time. I When I was in grad school 20-something years ago, I had three fish in my apartment. Came home from the bars one night, and I looked, and there was only two. And I'm like, "All right, I've been drinking a little bit. Uh, I'll look in the morning." And in the morning, still two fish. Uh, we found the other one underneath the couch across the room. Oh so god! Not only really did he jump out, but he must have flopped around for a while and made it about 20 feet.
1: Oh, that's horrible! Absolutely horrible! Um, is horrible. Wow. All right. Well, thank you, uh, thank you very much, uh, Eric, for the phone call. You're so. Welcome. Uh, your kids were adversely affected by the death of all fish at the same time. Uh, don't know if Eric was because Eric is not with us any longer. He has uh, He's jumped out of the tank of the show. 803-0930, star 930, one 616 wben Tell us about the animals that you have. Anybody with unusual animals? Had a box turtle? lived for a long time, was probably about a century or older when it finally died. Named it Donald, found out later on it was actually a female turtle, so apparently um, we possessed uh, the world's uh, first non-binary box turtle. And I know it was illegal to have them, but... uh, the buffalo zoo was offloading some of its turtles and we had a connection and somehow ended up with this particular animal anyway it is uh, 327 at news radio 930 wben 8030930 star 930 800 616 wben
0: we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio
1: All right, it is Bowerly, the uh, 20th anniversary radiothon to benefit the SPCA serving Erie County, and uh, have an update for you. Um National Property Management Associates, Incorporated just made a $5,000 contribution combined with the Grosso Grosso Door and Hardware Donation of $2,500. We're now looking to match all gifts up to $7,500 between now and 5.55 p.m. And to donate to the Radiothon to benefit the SPCA serving Erie County, go to yourspca.org, wben.com, or do it the old school way, call 716-873-SPCA. ECA Talking animals. Um, Unusual pets you have. How many pets are too many pets? Pet fish. What's the deal with pet fish? Do you bond? We've had a caller who, well, whose kids anyway, bonded with the pet uh, goldfish. Uh, Let me throw another question out for you. Uh, Are you a man who likes cats? Because typically we think of men being dog people. And women being cat people, like crazy old cat lady referenced earlier. Um, I will tell you that I am a man, last I checked, and I just, I love cats. I would rather have a cat than a dog. I'm not going to have anything, but uh, life has showed that uh, cats were my thing, baby. Let's go to Nikki in Angola. Nikki, you're on WBEN. Hello. How are you? Oh, well, it's, it's a great day. I'd like to raise money for the SPCA serving Erie County, my dear.
3: Yes, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm a member of the SPCA. I have a parrot, okay? And what I would really like people to understand, excuse me, um, parrots are wild animals. I'm not talking about small birds. I'm talking about the big birds. They're wild animals, and they do not make good pets. Um, People see the cute little parrot, all colorful and singing and dancing, you know, on the Internet or whatever. That's not the reality of it. That's very rare. A a parrot is like having a mentally challenged child, actually. It's like having a forever two-year-old. They chew up the house. They bite you. They're very messy. I love my little boy, though. Don't get me wrong. Um, he's 26 years old. I've had him since he was six months, and um, he's going to probably outlive me. So now I have to um, start thinking about, you know, who who I might want to have take him. What, what kind of parrot?
1: What kind of parrot is it? By the way, is it like an African gray?
3: No, it's bigger than that. It's a cockatoo.
1: A cockatoo.
3: Yes, the big and white. Oh, with the little, um,
1: th- with the, the the headdress on top.
3: Well, that's one. That's one cockatoo. But mine is an umbrella cockatoo, and he doesn't have that on his head all the time. Only when he gets excited, it comes up.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> ever since Viagra, it's been a wonderful thing.
2: Yeah.
3: Sorry,
1: I can't resist sometimes. Well, these these cockatoos live forty to seventy years, and yours you said is in his twenties, twenty six. Yeah. But uh, okay, you. It sounds like you love this bird, but you're trying to talk people out of adopting.
3: Oh, oh, I'm I'm trying to talk people out of just getting them initially. A lot of people um, they see a parrot and then they just they buy it. But they don't know anything about it okay mm-hmm. um, um, parrots need a lot they need um, you cannot keep them caged up all the time it's more like having a chimpanzee or a monkey they need a lot of human interaction and freedom from the cage uh, some people don't put them in their cages at all My boy goes in his cage at night by himself, but I never force him. But he likes sleeping in his cage.
1: Do you cover the cage so the bird isn't affected by a draft?
3: No, no, no. Um, I used to cover-up, but that was mostly to keep the light off of him so he would sleep longer do do you
1: do you do you worry let me ask you this do you worry that uh your little guy is going to fly out of the house at some point because unfortunately that happened to uh, Mike Shope a, a few months
3: ago never did find the bird oh yeah right okay no um his wings are clipped that is not the actual wings, but the flight feathers on the end of the wings are clipped, and those are the main flight feathers.
1: So he can fly so, around in your house, but he can't. He wouldn't be able to gain much traction outside.
3: Um, he cannot fly around in the house either. No, oh. he has he has never flown in his whole life. So even if I was to let the wings, uh, the feathers grow out, he still might not ever fly. But when you have him outside. They have to have a harness or something on them um, because the wind can catch them just right and take them up into a tree, or a hawk can swoop down and take them. So they're a lot of work, a lot of responsibility, and people don't understand that.
1: But But they're very smart birds, are they not?
3: Yes, they are very smart
1: Yes. I mean, yes. Uh, Gina um, from the SPCA periodically at the old place on Ensminger, um, she would have parrots uh, that she would basically have as roommates. And uh, we, Gina would bring lunch to her desk and uh, the parrots would always uh, come to the desk and uh, steal some grapes and things like that.
3: Yeah. 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 Yes. A lot of them are like that. And, and they're fun. I had a little cockatiel. In the past, that used to whistle the Adams family, you know, and another little cockatiel just always used to say, jeepers, creepers."
1: Does does your <laughs> so, current does your current uh, uh, cockatoo uh, speak at all?
3: Um, he does, but only I can understand him. All right, um, he doesn't speak per se, you know, like some birds that sound exactly like other people, but he he communicates. And he looks me right in the eye, and I can tell by his tone if he goes up or down. I say, you know, what, what do you want? He'll say, I don't know, like that. You know, he means I don't know. But I mean, So he, he communicates, but not clearly. How, no, um,
1: oh, okay, how trained is, is your bird? I mean, do you find yourself uh, going around the house picking up after uh, uh, bird waste?
3: Oh, well, he has his own bedroom. Okay, so most of the time he's in there. Not in his cage, though, but just in the room. Yes, he's very messy. I have dog pads all over the floor in there. Um, I have a stand for him here in the living room that he goes on sometimes, and I have dog pads under that. But I try not. But Yes, if he runs around the living room in the kitchen, he's going to climb up on something and poop on the floor. No doubt about that. So I just have to—I have to watch them, you know, constantly. And yes,
1: I, I thought that every bird in the world used my car as a target, but I'm happy to hear that at least some are going wide. Um, very, very interesting. And what—what's your little guy's name? Elliot. Elliot. So. Yes. Yeah. As you look ahead into the future, knowing that uh, there's a chance Elliot might have another 40 or 50 years in him, do you have somebody on standby just in case you don't wake up one day?
3: Yes, I do. I have a, I have a guy. Um, he's in Arkansas. He has um, a, a rehab, wildlife rehab, really, but, you know, parrots are wild animals. So I do have him lined up, um, but, you know, when... It's just going to be hard because you can't really plan it exactly until the time comes, because he's going to have to come up here with a big U-Haul truck and take all the cages and take Elliot, and I just we just don't have all that traveling stuff figured out yet, so that's that's a problem.
1: Yeah, indeed, and I presume you've got uh, family or friends you check in with every day just uh, to, to let them know, hey, I'm not dead. <laughs>
3: Yes, actually.
1: I mean, that's a good um, idea. I'm sorry, but it's a really good idea if, if you are older uh, or have health issues to have people that uh, would would suspect it if you did not contact them on a certain day.
3: You're right. You're right. I think about that all the time. Yeah, and absolutely. I yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I have a friend across the street, Sandy. <laughs> Hi, Sandy. Anyway, she loves you. But, yes, she calls me and bugs me all the time, so... Oh, good. Um, That's good. And my neighbor next door, you know, in the neighbor across the street. And my two sons, too, they call me all the time. But like you say, I could just not wake up one day, and maybe nobody will call me for two days or whatever. So um, I don't know. I mean, what do you do? How, How can you have somebody, you know, have the job to call you every single
1: day well what, what you do is you have somebody that you text every single day you, have, you have, I presume you've got a cell phone
3: yeah right I okay. uh, have, yeah, have
1: somebody that you text every single day and so when they don't get the text they're going to call you to find out if you're okay and then if you don't respond they're going to have the police come over and do a welfare check at least that way right. you know that Elliot will not be by himself more than let's say 24 hours
3: Thank you very much. Yeah, that's a good idea. Just, I'll, I'll just, that
1: up. I yeah. just a thought. Just a thought. Nikki, um, thank you very much for the call on the cockatoo.
3: Oh, I have a story. Do you want to hear a story? Yeah. Okay. Um, there's uh, my neighbor here has a parrot. It's I think it's a um, yellow head um, Amazon. I think something like that. And. Um, so that's a good-sized bird, probably 500 grams it would weigh. And she has it in a small cage. I know this is bad, but she has it in a small cage, um, usually dirty, and she won't let it out of the cage. It hasn't been out of the cage in years and years and years.
1: Oh, my goodness. So,
3: and, it doesn't, and it doesn't get sunshine. It doesn't have a chance to have a bath or exercise, nothing. I did report. Poured it and you know it's been checked but there's only so much they can do you know it's just um, so I was wondering um, when all this was going on if by some chance the SPCA did end up taking it away because they were I think they were there twice
1: well and, I mean you you could you could call uh, and and ask To speak with the enforcement division and see if there's a report. Uh, If I don't know if they'll share that information with you, but uh, now that sounds horrible. I mean, uh, 500 grams—that's like the weight of 100 American nickels.
3: Uh huh. That's a heavy Uh bird. Yes, yes, it's a good-sized bird, and it's not in a good-sized cage. They have to have, if you're going to keep it in a cage, if you have to, it should at least be big enough for a person to get into. You know,
1: I would think. I would think. Well. Nikki, uh, thank you very much uh, for taking care of Elliot all these years and uh, many more uh, happy years with uh, Elliot the cockatoo.
3: Oh, wait, wait. Sorry. One more thing. The, The story was leading to something, okay? So anyway, meantime, when all this was going on, I was wondering if they did take it away. So I started checking the SPCA site on the birds, and there was a little dove there that nobody wanted. I kept checking week after week, and the little dove was still there. So I adopted the dove. So I did get something good
1: out of it. Well, good. Now, did is the did the dove and Elliot the cockatoo get along?
3: No because oh. is in my bedroom Elliot is in his own bedroom because I don't know if he you know he, I don't know I don't want him to hurt her so I I don't know I haven't I haven't gotten to that yet.
1: Well, wow, very interesting. Nikki, uh thank you. Now I got to I I do have to go. Thank you uh, very much um for the call from Angola. All right, anybody else out there with a uh, a pet bird story, a pet fish story. Uh how many animals is too many animals? And I would love to hear from other dudes who are cat men. And I think, to some extent, the stigma about men loving cats—I think some of that is gone. I think a lot of it is gone. Thirty years ago, if you were a guy and you said that you loved cats, it was assumed you were homosexual. Okay, now I'm—I'm not kidding. I mean, that was the assumption. Oh. A man should have a dog. A woman should have a cat. But I think, thankfully, that's uh, changed, as have certain other views on certain other things. 803-0930 is the phone number. Star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. Let's go to uh, – this is the 20th anniversary uh, radiothon to benefit the SPCA serving Erie County. We'll talk with the director coming up after 4 o'clock. This is uh, Sandy on a cell phone. Sandy, you're on WBEN. Welcome to the show. What do you bring?
4: Hi. First of all, when I get my crow, I'll call you.
1: You'd be Okay. Well, this, this this gets back to the idea. Okay. Crows, okay. ladies and gentlemen – are some of the most intelligent animals on the planet. They know how to make tools. Crows are amazing,
4: but you're not yeah. supposed
1: to have them as a pet.
4: Well, he would be outside, but no or he or she, but she would know that when I want her, she'll come.
1: That's that is so amazing.
4: Yeah. But I have a fish story Uh, i I don't have fish i never did but i have a friend who had an aquarium and this whatever it is happens to fish where they go upside down and they float at the top of the water and they can't get right-sided and they, uh, they i don't think they can eat and so i think they die so i made a harness for it and i have a picture of the fish floating and after i put the harness on it I took another picture, and I have the harness in my hand right now. It's made of a a heavy string, like a nylon string, and I sewed snaps on it, and I had to size the fish up first to know how big it would go around the body and so that he couldn't swim out of it if he could or would. And so it was like a front and back of it, and uh, I have a a small rack at the bottom of it, and so then that was holding the fish upright in the water. So every time I'd go over there, I'd just, you know, make sure the fish was all right. And then one day I took the harness off, and he was absolutely fine.
1: Really? That's amazing. I thought that the only way fish would rise to the surface of a tank was when they weren't alive anymore.
4: No. I don't know anything about fish, but you could ask somebody who does. Uh, Sometimes they do. I don't know if if they get sick. I, I don't know what it is, but they turn upside down. And they can't eat, and they can't swim around. So then they would die. So I didn't want that to happen, so that's why I made the harness. And it worked.
1: Uh, all right, that, that's absolutely brilliant. Uh, you could probably sell something like that. <laughs> life, you know, It's kind of, kind of like a life preserver for fish.
4: Absolutely. You'd have to know how big the fish is to make the harness fit.
1: Okay, let's, let's get back to the crow for a minute. Uh, can you tell us yeah. the story about your crow?
4: I don't have a crow. I said, when I get one, I'll call you because I know that you want one, too.
1: Well, I would obviously, you can't keep a crow inside. You can't uh, try to domesticate it. But I would like, I mean, let's put it this way. I would like it if the crows would recognize me more and would fly to me. I've seen that in videos. uh, And no matter how many peanuts I put out, I just can't seem to attract their attention.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, they don't even come around here. I just have to enjoy them from afar. I feed the birds, and they come up here on on the the, uh, porch and eat plenty, plenty, plenty. But the crows don't come. They stay over in the trees. And I would think that they would come to find out what the little birdies are doing over here.
1: Well, see, they, they do, when I put the peanuts out, the blue jays swarm in, the uh, finches swarm in, and then the crows do, but the crows just don't seem to have any recollection of me being a good person uh, because crows can actually tell, the, the pe- by recognition, people who are nice to them and people yep. they should stay away from. True story.
4: You bet. you bet. Oh, I know that. I know that. I put peanuts out also, and uh, you would be amazed how many of the small birds take the peanuts. The little chickadee,
1: oh, yeah, no, not at all. I've seen it, I've yeah, seen it,
2: the, yeah.
4: The nuthatches, um, I, I can't even think of them right now because I it's just uh, I can't think as fast as you need to me to get off the phone, <laughs> but uh, it, it, <laughs> they're wonderful,
1: yeah. They're that, wonderful. That's that's but, cool, you know, Sandy. Yeah. Th- thank you very much. Thank you, you're welcome. And uh, yeah. unsalted, uh, unsalted peanuts only, and I know that they're rodents, but squirrels are kind of cool and they're kind of fun. And how many of you have started to feed the squirrels and then one day you forget to bring them their peanuts and they're actually looking through the window at you like, hey, where's the peanuts? I've heard that story from a few people.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?